Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today on the podcast, we are going to be previewing the Thursday night slate of college basketball on DraftKings. Yes, I say Thursday because I am sitting here late on a Wednesday night recording this. Um, I actually have a meeting in the morning that I have to get to early. Um, You know, this isn't my day job. I am a high school teacher and football and basketball coach. So, um, you know, sometimes you got to get to school a little bit early. So um, sitting here recording this one tonight because it fits my schedule. So if it reaches you a little early, then I guess, you know, kind of your lucky day. If you're listening to this at your normal time, thank you. I appreciate you. uh, And you would have never known the difference. So got a nice little slate for Thursday night of college basketball. Make sure you stay tuned to the episode feed for the rest of the week. We do have a preview for the NFL divisional round coming up and also uh, the American Express golf tournament tees off Thursday mid morning. So if you want to play some DFS for that uh, or maybe make some outright bets on that, uh, we do have a preview episode for that. Just check the episode feed. Um, you know, kind of looking around Wednesday night's college basketball slate's been a little interesting. There's only been one player on the whole DraftKings slate get to 40 fantasy points so far. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if anybody else does that, but it's looking like Wednesday was a night where a balanced build and picking the right stacks, um, could have done you well. Like if you had a Marquette stack or an Ohio state stack or even an Arkansas stack, you probably ended up doing pretty well, um, on the Wednesday night slate. So now it's our job to figure out, you know, where to go Thursday. So who are the best options? Who are the guys you need to be getting into your lineup? What are the games and teams we need to stack? We're going to break it all down, but first a quick word from our friends at Anchor. All right, so taking a look at the board at the guard position first, we have Jaime Jaquez Jr. of UCLA. He is the highest-priced guard on the slate Thursday night, largely in part to his 60.8 fantasy point performance last time out against Colorado. Now, I'm not here to like doubt Jaquez as a player. We've seen him at UCLA. He feels like he's been there forever, and he's a good player. Like He's a high-usage player. He gets a lot of points, rebounds, and assists, and like he's a solid college basketball player. I'm not doubting his ability at all, but I don't think that it's very likely that he gets to that 60 fantasy point total you know again or anytime soon at least that was his first game this season over 50 fantasy points and it was the second time this season that he got over five times value for his new salary he had another performance of about 49 And Arizona State's a much better defensive team than Colorado. Arizona State is 31st in the country, according to Kempom, in defense. So to me, that 60 fantasy point performance from Hawkes showcases his ceiling, but it's not a super likely outcome of things to come, and I will probably pass on him on this slate. Personally, I would rather play Kendrick Davis of Memphis, who has two games this season already over 50 fantasy points and five games this season already over five times his current salary. Wichita State is 51st in defense, and they're not the best matchup in the world, according to Ken Palm. But what is good news for Kendrick Davis and teammate DeAndre Williams is that Memphis has a lot of injuries right now at all positions pretty much. And so I think that a lot of the usage is going to be funneled to those two guys. Those two are going to have the ball in their hands. They're going to be getting all the rebounds and assists as well as the scoring. And so I think that both of those guys make for a really intriguing mini stack if you want to go and pay up for the two high-priced Memphis guys on this slate. Now, looking further down the board in the AK range, Terrence Shannon Jr. of Illinois. He's a guy we've talked about a lot on this podcast because he has come through for us, and he's kind of cooled off a little bit. He's had two kind of dud games, but he had those initial burst two games when Sky Clark left the Illinois program, and it increased his usage rate immediately. Now, I still think that that usage rate is going to kind of It's not going to be as low as it was the last two games, but I don't necessarily think it's going to be as high as it was the first two. You know, last game they played was kind of weird. It was kind of over in the first half. Um, So 
What I do expect is there to be that kind of middle ground, and I think he's going to middle out at about 35 to 40 fantasy points on a given night. This night could be better because Indiana has surrendered big games to guards in the Big Ten already, and these two teams that are playing Indiana, Illinois, they're two of the faster teams in the Big Ten. They're ranked 61st and 80th in tempo, according to Ken Palm, so this game has the potential to get up and down, and if it does, I like Terrence Shannon Jr.'s upside at a little bit of a price discount from what we've seen him at lately. Now, looking down to the 7K range, as Terrence Shannon Jr. has cooled off, Matthew Mayer, the Baylor transfer, has heated up. I feel like when somebody's a high-profile transfer, you got to mention that they're a transfer. But, but anyway, this is, that's beside the point. So Matthew Mayer has heated up. He has 39 fantasy points in back-to-back games, and his salary has jumped $1,500 in a week. He's going to be super popular on this Thursday slate because of his dual eligibility and because of what he's done recently. And honestly... I don't have a problem with it. Like if you're lineup building and you're looking at a scenario where you really only want to play two of the forwards or two of these guards, then plug in Mayer at the third one and load up the util spot on, you know, whatever position you want to play. Like he's a super versatile piece because of that dual eligibility. And I like the combination of the upside and the floor that he's giving us. Like Terrence Shannon Jr., he's seeing his usage increase with the absence of Sky Clark, which is going to be good news. And Indiana is a good matchup because of how fast they play and how kind of average they are defensively. Now, also in the 7K range, Craig Porter Jr. of Wichita State is one of my favorite plays of the night. He has eight games this season over four times his salary, which, honestly, his salary is weighed down by two dud games that were kind of aberrations, and I don't see them being likely to happen again. So I think he's got a very good chance to add to that total of games where he's hit four times value. And this is a major tempo up opportunity for the Shockers. Memphis is 16th in the nation in tempo, according to Ken Palm. So you're going to be looking at a game that's going to get up and down. It's going to be close. It's going to be high scoring. Uh, And I just think it's a great environment with a good salary for Craig Porter Jr. of Wichita State. Last one in the 7K range is Jaywin Hood Shafino of Indiana. And look, I've mentioned this guy pretty much every game since um, Xavier Johnson got hurt. And like he kind of hasn't disappointed us superbly. Like he hasn't been under 24 fantasy points in the five games since Xavier Johnson got hurt. And that's a very solid floor, especially if you're playing cash games. And Illinois has given up big fantasy performances recently to a lot of guards. You know, they give up a big one to Taewon Cooper of Minnesota, AJ Hogard of Michigan State, and Chucky Hepburn of Wisconsin, all of which are true point guards, which is what Jalen Hood Shavino is being asked to do in the absence of Xavier Johnson. So I think that this could be a pop performance from Hood Shafino. The 6K range, honestly, is kind of tough to evaluate. Um, You kind of have a lot of guys that they're consistent, but they're not as consistently good as you'd want them to be at their salary, or they're very boom or bust. And really, this isn't the range where I want to be boom or bust. And so to me, this 6K range has a lot of guys that are good for game stacking or team stacking. Um, the two guys I would probably be most likely to play in this range as one-offs, uh, Kobe Bufkin, I think has the highest floor. He's turning into one of Michigan's best scores, certainly their best score outside of their front court, in my opinion. Uh, Caleb McConnell of Rutgers feels like the highest upside play in this range to me. He's seeing a lot of usage. He has some high performances in his game log and the matchup isn't too bad. So I think those two would probably be the most likely that I would play as one-offs. But if you want to stack like with some of the USC guys or, you know, some of the Wichita guys, I could absolutely understand going to this range to do that. 
Now, the 5K range, on the other hand, has a lot of plays that I like. Doug McDaniel of Michigan has been solid in filling in as a starter once he's cracked that starting lineup, and I have no problem going back to him in this one. Courtney Ramey of Arizona has back-to-back games over 26 fantasy points, which would easily be four times value, which he has hit four times value eight times this season. I also just noticed that I forgot to mention Courtney Ramey, Texas transfer. Now, the Washington guards have been super tough to predict throughout the season. Um, they kind of have a little bit of a flavor of the day approach when it comes to guards. Like, you just don't really know, like, long term what, what's going to happen. But in the short term, guys tend to kind of have these little streaks. And right now, the two guys that seem to be streaking that are in this range are Noah Williams and Keon Menefield. Keon Menefield has really been the most consistent one out of all of them. Right now, Noah Williams is the one with the most upside, though. And it's not a bad matchup against Colorado. So I wouldn't mind going to either No Williams or Keon Menefield. Now, there are two great game stacking options for the USC-Arizona game in this range. The highest total of the night belongs to this USC-Arizona game. It's 153.5. Arizona is one of the fastest teams in the nation. USC doesn't play a whole lot of defense. It's a great combination for fantasy scoring. Reese Dixon-Waters and Trey White of USC, both in this range, both outstanding options in a game stack. Um, They're both guys that can fill up the score sheet. Memphis's Keontae Kennedy could see a bump in minutes and usage due to all their injuries. Uh, I think he is the one that I would probably prefer to play out of all of Memphis's guys not named Kendrick Davis or DeAndre Williams. Um, I just think that he's the most logical candidate to see that bump. Now, looking further down the board at the 4K range and below, uh, it's not as proliferated as I would like, if I'm being honest. Um, Trey Galloway of Indiana is a consistent player in their rotation who has the capability to get hot from three, and he really doesn't have a whole lot of dud games because of how he consistently gets minutes. Now, the only downside to him is I really like the price tag of $4,000, but when you look at Illinois, they don't give up a whole lot of threes. Teams don't hit a whole lot of three-point shots against Illinois. Now, Devil's Advocate, I mean, wants to say, well, it's the Big Ten. These teams aren't really that great offensively but you know if the team's not taking a lot of threes and not making a lot of threes like I don't know that might say something about Illinois defense so I think that Trey Galloway is definitely an option at 4k even on the salary Um, but I definitely think that that Illinois defense concerns me a little bit about him just because he is so dependent on the three ball now, I mentioned Washington having a flavor of the day for guards I definitely think that Corin Johnson is probably um the highest upside for his salary out of all the Washington guards. You know, no Williams is the one that's getting the highest totals, but right now, Corin Johnson for his salary is really producing. He has 18, 31, and 32 fantasy points in his last three games, and he's played no less than 23 minutes in those three games. Now, obviously, like I said, these Washington guards have been super tough to predict that, you know, that 23 minutes might change at the drop of a hat, but I definitely like what he's done in his last three. I think that's a big enough sample size for us to bank on him at least getting to that 18 number, which would easily pay off his salary. Illinois has two guys that get dual eligibility. The second one is Ty Rogers, and he has two games over 18 fantasy points since Sky Clark left. He is not a super consistent part of the rotation, so he is not a safe option by any stretch of the imagination. But if you're looking to throw a dart and really relieve some salary, um, you could do much worse than Ty Rogers with that dual eligibility and that upside for 18 fantasy points. All right, that does it for the guards on this Thursday slate. Let's go ahead and take a quick breather and then switch it up and talk about the big fellas. Looking at the forward spot on DraftKings, there are three really solid options above $10,000 at the forward position. And really, I think this slate could come down to 
if you want to pay up for one of these forwards, which one do you go with? So the one at the very top of the board is Zach Eady. And I mean, what and do I even need to give analysis for Zach Eady? Well, I mean, I will, but like we all know he's the national player of the year favorite. He's super efficient. He's just dominant inside. Nobody can match up with his combination of size and footwork in the post, and he's a really good basketball player. Now, what Zach Eady also has going for him is that this is a rematch against Minnesota. He had 61 fantasy points the last time the two matched up. And I got to be inclined to believe Minnesota is going to be making some adjustments, but I don't know if they're going to be able to do because I just don't think they can match up with them. Now, also worth of noting in that game, Dawson Garcia of Minnesota only had eight fantasy points and Fletcher Lawyer had 36 fantasy points. That game was all the way back on December 4th, so it was a while ago. But, you know, if you tend to believe that some matchups stay the same, then, you know, you can go back to Zach Eady, you can go back to Fletcher Lawyer and hope that they get that same value that they had last time. I really do like the matchup for Trace Jackson Davis against Illinois. Um, for comparison, just looking against, you know, kind of teams alphas going up against Illinois, Dawson Garcia of Minnesota had 32 fantasy points against Illinois in an 18-point loss. And I think that this game stays closer than that, this Indiana-Illinois game. And I think that Trace Jackson Davis in a close game with Xavier Johnson and Race Thompson out, seeing his usage bumped, I think that he has a lot of upside in a good matchup in a high-tempo environment. So I think that this is a really good spot for Trace Jackson Davis. Azulis Tubelis and really all of Arizona dropped a dud against Oregon. And I think that they're going to be looking to get back against USC. USC, a team that likes to push the tempo, a team that struggles defensively. I think it's a really good spot for Tubelis. Before the Oregon game, Tubelis had had 40, over 43 fantasy points in three straight games. And I would expect that to continue against USC. Now, the question becomes, you know, which one out of those three would you choose? So, the better game stack, like if you're a game stack type of guy, which a lot of people are, it's an easy way to, you know, kind of um, help make your lineup more correlated and, you know, easier to find success. The best game stack out of these options is Arizona USC. And that would be going with Azulis Tubelis. The better floor is definitely Zach Eady because Minnesota just can't match up with them. But I think the ceiling play and the value play, in my personal opinion, would be Trace Jackson Davis. We've seen him have these huge games, most of which have come without Race Thompson and Xavier Johnson. He gets another one against a team that pushes the tempo and a team that has given up decent fantasy performances to stars. So I really think that Trace Jackson Davis is the ceiling play, Edie's the floor, Tubelis is the game stacker. Or what if you're sitting there like, wait a minute, uh, what if I don't want to play a forward over $10,000? Well, there's two in the 8K range that I really like as well. Hunter Dickinson had 54 fantasy points against Maryland the last time they played. No reason to expect that not to be the case this time. DeAndre Williams of Memphis, we've kind of mentioned him already. He should see increased usage with all the Memphis injuries. He had 40 fantasy points in their last game, which they kind of had some of these injury troubles in. And Memphis only scored 61 real points. So I definitely think that the upside is there for DeAndre Williams along with teammate Kendrick Davis. Now, looking at the 7K range, Tristan De Silva of Colorado is the ultimate GPP play. His game log is just super erratic. You never really know what he's going to do. And, you know, some of it can be good. And so that makes him a good GPP play. And he's going up against zone-heavy Washington. And so we've talked about one of the numerous teams, that, well, not teams, one of the numerous schemes, I guess, that we like targeting is big men going up against zone defenses, rebounders going up against zone defenses because it's a lot easier to get offensive boards and get those putbacks. And I think that De Silva is a good guy that 
he, you know, he can attack this 2-3 zone. He can get those offensive boards. Like, he, he's just in a good spot. And I think that this is a solid GPP play. Another Colorado guy that is a solid GPP play is Lawson Lovering. He's a little cheaper in price. Um, but I think he's kind of in a similar situation to De Silva, just with much less usage. In the 6K range, I really like this little mini range of 6,200 to 6,400 on DraftKings. Uh, Kenny Poto of Wichita State has over 35 fantasy points in three of his last four games. That is certainly worth noting, and he gets a tempo up matchup against Memphis. DJ Rodman of Washington State has a really high floor and a solid matchup against Utah, who has let big men such as Nafali Dante of Oregon have really good games against them. And then Harrison Ingram of Stanford feels like a mispriced to me. It's the cheapest he's been all season. Uh, he has shown the ability to easily reach five times for this salary. I have no problem going to him in this spot. Looking down at the 5K range, Joshua Morgan of USC works in or out of a game stack, in my opinion. USC is a small ball team. They play four guards and Joshua Morgan, and he's really not like your like super old school five man. Um, so what they're going to need, they're going to need good minutes out of Joshua Morgan uh, going up against Umar Ballo and Azulis Tubelis. And I think that he might be up for the task. And, you know, he can play a lot of minutes and he can have himself a good performance. Jordan Geronimo of Indiana has 22 fantasy points in three of his last four games. Um, now, granted, that fourth one was kind of a dud, but he is starting to be... Well, he's starting to look like the main beneficiary of the race Thompson minutes and this race Thompson injury. And, you know... I'll, I'll kind of take the 22 fantasy point upside at the salary that he's at right now. Now, looking at the 4K range and below, I really don't have a lot. It's really, I don't know, I think there's a lot more value among the guards on this slate than the forwards. Um, but I do think the pay-up options for the forwards are all super intriguing. Um, so looking at the 4K and below range, Oregon State's Tyler Bilodo is a guy we have mentioned here before and a guy we have played before, and I have no problem going back to him. He's turning into one of their more consistent players for Oregon State. And teammate Michael Rattage, you know, not necessarily most consistent option, but he has back-to-back -back games of 30 fantasy point performances. And at that salary, that would be absolute money. Now, looking way down the board, Jonathan Ola Joseph of Minnesota. This is just kind of like, I don't know, this is kind of like going banking off of past performance, but also like thinking kind of like a coach would. He might be used more in this game against Purdue to try to match up with the size of Zach Eady down low. And that's kind of what happened the first time they played. He had 18 minutes, which is above his average, and he had 15.8 fantasy points going up against Purdue and Zach Eady the last time they played. And I'll be honest, out of a guy his salary, I'll kind of take 15.8 fantasy points. That'll allow me to spend up at a lot of other guys elsewhere. And, you know, maybe if he if that 18 number increases to, say, 24, then, you know, that fantasy points number could increase to 22 or 23. And, you know, you're looking at some really good value if that is what Minnesota opts to do to defend Zach Eady. All right, so... That does it for the analysis of this Thursday slate, y'all. Like I said, a lot of interesting options, especially at the top of the boards this week at both the guard and the forward spots. It's going to be interesting to see. I think the, I actually don't think that the winner of this slate will be determined by who you pick at the top because they're all such good options. So like, you know, if everybody's playing somebody at the top, that's going to get them 50 points. It's going to come down to how you build the rest of your lineup. So uh, hopefully I gave you guys a lot of good options here on this podcast for you to fill out your DraftKings lineup Thursday night. If you are interested in seeing how I built out my lineups, head on over to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. Uh, I'm dropping all my picks on there for college basketball, NFL, golf, and more. Um, and 
you know, we've kind of been a little hot and cold lately. We, we've turned in a few big performances, um, had a few duds, you know, just it's always one guy holding us back. But, um, you know, like I said, if you want to see just how I build it out, how I build my lineups that are correlated and, you know, set up for success, even if they're not successful, you know, check them out on Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. I can't guarantee a winner every time, but what I can guarantee you is a solid researched, you know, statistically backed lineup not a full lineup but just picks that will go together and work together that if everything works out it, it could be a big payday so um like i said if you're interested head over there also make sure you're following me on twitter at mike's money picks dropping some extra stats and facts that i don't always get to here on the show and i'm more than happy to answer any lineup or start sit questions all right so college basketball is starting to turn into one of the more listened to episodes that i do so please help me out help me grow my audience hit that rate button hit that subscribe button and get the word out to any of your friends who play dfs i really do appreciate it you guys as an already audience really are the best all right so that does it for this episode thank you guys for listening and i will see y'all next time mm-hmm.